Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Now here's the best, stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. After a um, up and down weekend, quite quite interesting at least for me. Uh, Notre Dame and Philly just playing like crap. Plus, I felt like crap Saturday. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know if it was a stomach bug going around or something, but definitely was not feeling myself at all. But the the one thing I did that was nice about this past weekend was Friday night kicked off the second season of the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series with the NSRA League um, at Daytona. And interesting race. Very, pretty fun race to watch. Um, Obviously, we'll be diving into that race uh, shortly here, as well as, like I said, you know, the Eagles and Notre Dame played. Plus, we're going to talk a little Deshaun Watson um, debate here. And we have a new segment that we're going to introduce and see how it goes. Um, but before we get all into the sports talk and all that lovely stuff that we do week in and week out, make sure you guys head over to staytunesports.net. So you could follow us, uh, all our social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube channel, especially the Twitter and Facebook, because we are going to do another giveaway this week. Okay, um, I'll announce a little bit later on what the giveaway is going to be, how to do it. But you have to pay attention to Twitter and Facebook. That's where I'm going to announce what exactly you have to do. So, um, also head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports if you want to help support the show um, that way you can buy me a beer uh, slash coffee whatever you know whatever it's called I mean I have it set up to, to be a, a beer because you know it's football season and with that being said too I just want to give a quick shout out to Chris Darling over at Max Graphics um, showing his support to the show over there at buymeacoffee.com slash stsports um, if you're into iRacing and you need a paint scheme done, make sure you head over to his website or uh, you can contact him on Facebook as well. Um, one final announcement, like I've been saying the past few weeks, especially with football season, I'm surprised no one has called yet to say I'm stupid about my blue picks, but don't forget we have the Stay Tuned Sports chat line. If you want to call to leave an opinion or disagree about anything I say, 
All you got to do, dial 612-STS-CHAT. That's 612-787-2428. And your call will be on the air. I'll have a rebuttal or a thank you, depending on what you say about me or um, about anything about my, my takes here. So, like I said at the top of the show, Truck Series kicked off this past Friday at Daytona. Um, a lot of new faces this upcoming season because some of the rule changes uh, happened this off season. The winner from last year, Andrew Hillman, is not racing this uh, this series this season. Um, James Lorello left, as well as uh, JT Pool. A lot, a lot of the good racers, you know. Um, hopefully, they're going on to bigger and better things because they are pretty good racers. Um, know themselves but no need to worry there is a sts truck out there we were able to get in contact with matt cherry and we worked you know worked it out that uh he's gonna drive around the state tune sports truck this season and he had a he had a pretty good race um he was up there you know the, the head of the pack uh Pretty much the whole race, you know, he was top five or so the whole race, uh, led a couple laps, and he ended up finishing in third, which is also kind of funny because he also races Thursday nights in the cars, and he won that race with the help of one of the original Stay Tuned Sports drivers, Josh Sobel. Um, so he was able to keep that momentum going, and you know, to finish third. Considering he, uh, you know, got spun out a couple times, um, there was a late wreck, late in the race, kind of got caught up into. The one thing I don't know, you know, I mean, me personally, I'm happy that he came in third. He was able to. Um, trying to think of the word. <laughs> it's been a long day, but no, he he was able to, you know. Come up in third, you know, be up on the podium there. Um, give his shout outs and all that stuff. But he was only able to do that because the 74 actually on the last lap, uh, the, when the caution happened, he passed a car for position before the start finish line. And he was deemed a black flag, which he never um, came down and served it. So he was, so Matt Cherry bumped up to third because. The 74 car was disqualified. But Matt Cherry wasn't the only racer out there. I mean, you know, Chris Darling out there. Looks like he's picking up where he left off kind of last year. Got caught up in some, you know, most of the wrecks there. Um, but he, another one, had an, a good good night on, I, th I believe it was Monday this past week. Um, for the most part, beginning of the race there was a lot of green uh green laps green flag laps until it was time to race and then there was you know a lot of uh pushing and shoving going on um but as far as the winner jordan shepler won the race and i'll tell you what it was a close it, it was a photo finish ending because he ended up winning uh coming in first by 0 0.023 seconds i mean that's one of the closest finishes I've seen these guys do on a Friday night um, 
But like I said, I mean, th that's just like, that just shows you how hard these guys were racing. And that wasn't just one lap. I mean, all the whole race was, was fun to watch. It was good to see them back out on the, the track there. Um, and I can't wait till uh, this coming week. I think they're at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I forgot to write it down, but I think that's where they're at. Make sure you guys uh, head over to Friday nights, 9 p.m. over at 3YTV. TV. Make sure you guys subscribe to the 3YTV TV too. I believe they're like 13 or 14 subscribers away from 1,000 subscribers. Peter Short and, and Drew Eisman. I don't care who you tell me is the best uh, commentators out there. These two are the best commentators out there. They're fun. They make it fun. They do little polls during the chats, make the, the chat room fun to be around. Um, so make sure you come over to YouTube, 3YTV, Friday nights, 9 p.m. for the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series. <laughs> so like I said, this past week, Notre Dame was playing. Uh, they played Purdue. Definitely wasn't as much of a blowout, if you want to call it that, than what the score shows. Or showed, I should say. Um, you know, they definitely weren't the best. Uh, and I was really hoping that, you know, being dropped down to 12th may have opened their eyes a little bit here. And really didn't. Um, Jack Cohen actually finally had a, a bad game. You know, I mean, if you really look at his stats, you know, he threw for um, pretty close to 50%. He had a couple touchdowns, but you know, Kyrene Williams was the one that uh, carried the, the offense, which is finally a good news because Kyrene's been kind of quiet the past two games, you know, as well. But once again, the offensive line did not help at all. Okay, Cone got sacked four times, um, and you know that that's going to get in your head. So I, I'd be, I'm not surprised that Cone didn't have the best game you know um but they have Wisconsin come up, coming up and you know Brian Kelly was quoted to say that you know he he, he saw a, a much better prepared Notre Dame team this, this week um on the field and in the 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 classrooms or whatever you want to call it, that they they get together and watch tape and stuff like that but you basically barely beat a unranked team again. You know, you went to overtime with Florida State. Um, you just scathed by with Toledo. And, yeah, okay, you, you won by 10 points or 13, whatever it was. But it's Purdue. You know, okay, yeah, they're 2-0, but still, they're not ranked. You know, if you want to be a championship team. Now, Grant, Alabama had a tough time with Florida. But I think Alabama is... Um, allowed one or two of these bad games against unranked opponents because they've been up there for how many years? How many for how many years have they been ranked in the top three? I'm not even gonna say top five because I, I can't remember the last time they were below five. Notre Dame every year start off right around eight, nine, you know, ranked, and they just kind of go through their season and they, they they barely squeak into the playoffs 
I'll tell you what. Not destroying three under, uh, uh, unranked teams is not going to help your playoff chances. Now, Ohio State still doesn't look good. I, I really think that's maybe why Notre Dame stayed at 12 instead of dropping down a little bit more. Because, again, it's unranked teams they're, they're, they're beating here, and they're not beating them convincingly. Now, like I said, they have Wisconsin this uh, this weekend, and it's going to be nationally televised because it's, it's going to be on game day. You know, ESPN game day. That's they're, they're coming to uh, Wrigley Field, I believe they're playing. This is like their their outdoor game or whatever they they want to call it. Um, the only way I, I could see them beating Wisconsin because I, I really think if Notre Dame plays how they played the past three games, we are going to get manhandled by Wisconsin. The only way I could see us pulling out a win here is we need another game like Williams had this past weekend. You know, he had 83 yards receiving and I think pretty close to 100 yards rushing. You know, we, we need to get that, that ground game going, which also goes in hand. We got to get the offensive line going. We cannot be given up four sacks a game and expect Cone to be okay and have a good game. And Cone's th- the, the next point I want to bring up. He's going up against his former team, so he has a little bit of a chip sh- chip on his shoulder. I expect a big game from him. And I really, I think this it, it's going to come down to Cone. You know, if it's a close game, can he handle the pressure? Not only you're finally going up against a ranked team. But you're playing your former team that didn't want you to start. That was, you know, gonna make you a, a backup. If they could pull out a win here, even, even if it's three points, you know, <clears throat> I I would be ecstatic. And hopefully they, they would be able to build off that going forward. Because after Wisconsin, they got two more ranked opponents. I mean, this is like this is the. This is the season, this, you know, this early on, I can't believe I'm saying it, but this is the season, these next three weeks. If we could push through and get wins, hopefully some convincing wins, which would help us get up in the rankings, because I can't believe Penn State's up there, number six. Just barely beating Auburn. But Notre Dame, you know, they need a turnaround. Our corners... You know, on our defense, have played a lot better this past game. They didn't give up the, the big plays that they did in the first two weeks, which is helping our defensive line get in there. If we could get them going, knock their quarterback around, and they start getting in, into his head, turnovers are going to come. And the way Kyle Hamilton's playing, he's going to find the ball. I know, I, I know the, the first week, I believe it was, um, the one, maybe it was Drew Brees said it, um, Hamilton is a top five draft pick and possibly a Heisman winner. He, it's tough for a defensive player to win the Heisman. So, I mean, if he wants to win the Heisman, he's really got to step it up. And I think on top of the defensive line, how well he plays is how well that defense will play. My Philadelphia Eagles played 
San Fran 49ers this past weekend. And I was not impressed. Not at all. I think we finally saw the... Well, it's only, I, I, I understand it's the second week of the season. So, you know, I'm saying we finally saw this and that. But we got a glimpse of the rookiness in our head coach. I knew the game was over when he decided to try to do a Philly special. That play from here on out, whoever comes after Nick Sirianni, whoever comes after that coach, that play needs to be retired. Okay. Yes, it helped us win the Super Bowl. But the NFL is a gimmick league. And everybody's seen that happen. And it worked. So now everybody wants to try to do it and be the next guy. Well, you could tell they haven't practiced a lot because when they when, when Greg Ward got the, the ball, he was a, a deer in the headlights. You know, especially being a former quarterback. Could have probably ran a little bit. And the thing is, with that play, too, that, that really got to me was the previous play, you got pass interference, or um, what led to them starting on the, the one-yard line was a pass interference in the end zone. You had four downs to get a touchdown. And you decided to do that. I'm a firm believer that championships are won by defense and by your lines, offense and defense. If your offensive line can't push their defensive line for one yard to get to a touchdown, you have bigger issues. Jalen Hurts played decent. You know, we saw a little bit of a step back, I guess you would say, compared to week one. But again, I understand it's only his sixth career start or fifth career uh, start. I mean, he basically passed for 50%. Only passed for 190 yards, and 91 of those yards were on one play. Even that, like just to show you how the game went, how can you get 91 yards on one pass play and not get anything? You know, by halftime, it should have been 14 7, not 7 3. But offense just kept missing opportunities. Miles Sanders was going, but he can't do it all. You know, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he got 85 yards rushing. But eventually, if you can't pass, they're just going to start lining people up in the the box and just keep Hurts contained. You know? I mean, we've seen it. We did get a a huge blow on defense, uh, injury-wise. Brandon Graham, Alfred Ear, Torres Achilles. I mean... That's huge. You know, he's no one's ever going to be Brian Dawkins, but he is Brian Dawkins of this defense. Now we have a lot of young guys. Hopefully, they can step up. Um, we just extended Josh Sweat for I believe it was three more years. But with Brandon Graham getting hurt now, and Josh Sweat in the extension, this. This falls on Derek Barnett now. He has to step up. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And speaking of Derek Barnett, he needs to start getting his head out of his ass. There was two plays towards the end of the game that really could have swung the ball back into Eagles' favor to, to pull out the win. 
and that was the, Derek Barnett was one of them, and Wallace, our safety, our, our second-year safety, both had bonehead plays. Um, Derek Barnett, there was a fumble in the back uh, backfield. I believe we recovered it, or it was going to be fourth down. I forget which one it was. And he comes up behind somebody and just lays them out. Nowhere near the ball, nowhere near the play. He just lays them out. 15-yard penalty, first down. 49ers drive down, score. And then the other one was, like I said, Wallace. Um, unnecessary roughness. He threw his forearm, his elbow, into the guy's head. Like, come on. You, you know you cannot attack the head. And that happened right before... The player fumbled the ball away, which we recovered. So two plays right there, we could have came back and 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 won the game. But with Wallace, that's the, the inexperience showed there. But Derek Barnett, I mean, he's been in the league now. I think this is his fifth year because he's playing on his uh, player option from his rookie contract. And I, you know, when we drafted him, I I had high hopes for him, but he's been a bust since day one. You know, it's amazing how some players in college can be just all-stars, Hall of Fame college players, and just doesn't transition to the NFL. Derek Barnett had the career sacks record at Tennessee. The person that held it before him, Reggie White. How do you break a record like that from a legend and are a bust in the NFL. It, it's just amazing. I mean, it could be, you know, the defensive scheme. That maybe he just doesn't work well in there. Maybe it's just the player. But either way, you know, he's got to step up. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Derek Barnett's got to step up, start earning his contract here. Because at the end of the year, he ain't getting paid big. Now we have Dallas Cowboys Monday night. I'm I'm worried, you know. I, I won't lie, I'm worried. Dallas is playing well right now. Zeke is still not Zeke like his rookie season or you know second year, but Zeke's doing enough. Dak Prescott looks good, you know, coming back from the the nasty broken leg. But it is a rivalry game. We've always seen Philly could be 0 and 16, Dallas could be 16 and 0. These games are always decided within three points, no matter what. And the only way I, I could see Philly beating Dallas this week is just going old school, smash mouth football. You know, every now and then maybe take a shot deep, but Dallas' defense is playing pretty good right now. Got to get Devontae Smith involved. Whether it's you know screens, get him, just get him the ball, get him out in the open. But Miles Sanders and Gainwell, it's got to be their show. Gainwell's been surprising me. I, I thought maybe the preseason was just like a like a hoax because it is preseason. But he's played really well the past two uh, two weeks. I mean, you haven't heard about Boston Scott at all. It's been Gainwell. Defensively, just got to keep those those big plays in check. And again, Derek Barnett, got to play better. If we could get that defensive line going, keep containment and, and, and 
hit Prescott a couple times, I think we could keep that offense in check. Not sure if we're going to win, but it's a rivalry game. Like I said, it, I think it's definitely going to be within three points of each other. A little bit of a quarterback injury news from last week. So, I mean, almost every other quarterback that you were watching last weekend was, was going down with an injury. And one quarterback that went down last week was Houston Texans' Tyrod Taylor. He uh, hurt his hamstring on a play. Did come back in to, to finish the game. Or, I think he wanted to come back in, and the coach told him, you know, listen... Not going to do it. You're here for the long haul. I'm going to put the rookie in there. Rookie came in, didn't play that well. Texans lose. They play this Thursday night against Carolina. I seen a and and Tyrod got put on uh, the the limited IR or whatever. They could come back, so he's going to be he's going to be out the next three weeks. Once that happened, I started to see on Twitter a lot of the the fans responding. Well, I guess Deshaun Watson's going to. You know, play now, or he's going to be active this snap. Not so fast. GM of the Texans came out and said he will not be active for a short week. We're going to go with Mills, the rookie. Let's see what he has. And you know what? Smart move. I, I know a lot of people don't agree with it. Why pay a guy $39 million to sit on the, the bench? You know, he's getting the better hand of it. I mean, maybe. I mean, he's knocking out there, smashed around. And he's making $39 million a year. Whatever that breaks down to a game. But here's the thing. It's early on in the season. It's only the, the, the second week. This is only going to be the third game of the season. It's not like week 13, week 14 where, you know, they, they need a, a make or break game to get into the playoffs. You look at the division right now. It's basically the NFC East. You got the Titans, who are 1-1, Colts 0-2, Jags 0-2, okay? Their next three games are the Panthers this week. Um, I think it's like the Bills and Patriots are next three games. After that, Tyrod should be able to come back. He's shown he, I mean, he's always shown he's a capable quarterback. Just been on the wrong end of the, of the stick uh, when it comes to injuries. Which, a little side note, it's kind of funny. It said, past two times, he, he was replaced by a rookie quarterback. You know, due to injury, was Baker Mayfield and the uh, Chargers kid, Herbert, or whatever his name is. They went on to, to hold on to the job. Now, this kid, if, if last week's game is any indication, Tyrod Taylor has nothing to worry about. But in a division where the Colts suck, it's still showing Wentz's injury prone. Jaguars aren't going nowhere. I mean, maybe the Titans can, you know, get the ball the ball rolling now after their their first uh, week loss. But even if they go one and four, they still have yet to play the Titans. Uh, you know, twice. They they basically still have yet to play their division. And obviously, if you win the division, you you, know, you you get you get a playoff spot. 
and it's the right move to hold Deshaun out because you put him in there against the Panthers this week and he gets hurt bye-bye your six you know draft picks your six players that you want and Deshaun's still getting his 39 million dollars whether you know you wanted to or not now if this again if this was week 13 14 okay then you know I would be like you know what maybe it's time to stop playing games here and stop trying to stick to Deshaun Watson and try to win because you finally have a team that may be competent unlike the past few seasons so I, I like the move here even though it's very costly salary wise it's not a bad move to do because again you're you're gonna get if there's one thing Howie Roseman showed with the whole Carson Wentz trade if Howie Roseman could get a second round draft pick potentially be a first round draft pick depending on how much Wentz plays Watson can easily get two first round draft picks and maybe a second and a pl- or, and or a player you know you're not going to get your six, six first round draft picks or your six players that you're you're talking or whatever but you're going to get more than two first round draft picks and gambling week three to put him in there to try to go two and one that's not a smart move they're playing it right here and I, you know I, I think it's going to work out where you're never going to see Watson play a game as long as Taylor stays healthy after he comes back from this injury you're never going to see Watson play a game in Houston again up next is a new segment going to give a try here and we're going to call it hot minute take so basically I'm going to put a, a timer on I have one minute just to give any take of you know a, a sports story that may have happened this past week or something I may have seen and watched and this week I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Eli and Peyton broadcast on ESPN so in three two one so if you haven't turned tuned into ESPN uh, to Monday Night Football, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have their own little thing. Um, I like broadcasting, they're calling the game, but it's so cool. It's like they they're at the bar, just having a couple beers, talking, and they have other guests come on to snap. Well, this past week I watched. They had Gronkowski on there. They had Patrick Willis, Brett Favre. It was so cool to hear them, you know, banter and bust on each other. And even Gronk, you know, I don't know how true he true this is, but admit it that when he lines up on the, the line, he asked Tom Brady, "Who, you know, who's covering me?" But yet Peyton could break down um, the plays, and it's really insightful. I'd much rather them on ESPN, the regular broadcast, broadcast, and put Mike Tirico on the regular or ESPN two uh, broadcast. If they're going after young younger people to watch. That is the way to go. So that was the hot minute take. I think it went pretty well. I think it was pretty cool. Um, why don't you guys let me know what you think? You guys could call the STS chat line, 612 STS chat. Let me know. You know, if you don't like it, maybe I'll just exit completely off the off the show. So two other topics just want to talk on real quick is our blue picks of the week. 
down at three. Jackson has all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it. Brown off to the races. And he stays on his feet. Touchdown. And here is your blue picks of the week. Brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios. The best ducking designs on the web. That's right. So last week, I think I did fairly well with my blue picks. Um, just kind of recap week two of my blue picks. My blowout, I had the Broncos winning over the, the Jaguars. They ended up winning that. My lock was Cardinals over the Vikings. Cardinals got lucky. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take the, the win there, you know. Um, last second field goal, Minnesota missed. I, you know, they, they must be cursed by kickers. And then I had the Raiders over the Steelers. With the Raiders always starting, you know, kind of fast uh, every season, but then just kind of fiddle, you know, fizzle out at the end of the season. So, so so far on the season, I'm four and two. Again, you know, these are just you know me joking around. I don't. Other than the Steelers Bills Week One was the only one I really bet on. I don't think I took any of these games. Um, but for Week Three blue picks, for my blowout pick, I have the Carolina Panthers over the Texans. Carolina's giving eight. Like I said, any indication of how Mills played uh, when he came in for Taylor, it's not going to be good for him. It's going to be a long day for him. And Carolina, you know, played really good defense last weekend. For my lock pick, I have Arizona over the Jaguars. Let's just face it, Jaguars are going nowhere anytime soon. Um, Arizona's playing really hot right now, especially the offense. They're giving seven. I could see this being a lot more than that. And my upset pick, I have Washington over the Bills. Now, I understand Bills are favored a lot. I think they're like seven and a half or seven points, something like that. Um, and they're a very good team. Washington with Fitzpatrick out. You know, that's the thing. The wild card here is Henneke. If he could play well like we we know he could they could pull us off if they could keep josh allen contained you know not running around and, and making plays they could they could do this um and you know let, let's let's admit it I really haven't seen any upsets yet like major major upsets and this would be a major upset so to kind of recap I got the Panthers over the Texans for my blowout. Arizona over the Jaguars for my lock. Washington over the Bills for my upset. Now, if you were listening at the beginning of the show, I said I'm going to do a giveaway. And in honor of the uh, Philly-Dallas Monday night rivalry game, we're going to do another $25 Amazon gift card for Facebook and $25 Amazon gift card for Twitter. What you're going to have to do is once I post the thread of where to post it just reply with my blue picks here if I get multiple entries then I'll, I'll pick a, a name out of the hat but you gotta make sure you look for the thread and you're following us so that way you know the thread came out and you could post the blue picks there so to recap again Panthers over the Texans my blowout my lock Arizona over the Jags Washington over the Bills for my upset And then to finish off the show, we have our combat corner segment. 
which is sponsored by BetAngles. Check out BetAngles, BetAngles.com to sign up for their free Bankroll Builder Week. That's BetAngles.com. So this week we have UFC 266, and I'll tell you what, the, the card looks good. Uh, I was kind of curious about this one after after I saw the poster, you know, the three fights that were on there. I was like, okay, it looks okay. And I saw the other two fights that aren't even on the poster. I'm like, this is a stacked card. Um, main event, Alexander Volkanovs versus Brian Ortega. Uh, women's flyweight, we got Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Um, middleweight, we have the return of Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Heavyweight, Curtis Blades versus Rosenstruck. And women's flyweight, we have Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. Um, and that the women's fight is the weakest one on, on this, and this could be a main event fight on the UFC Fight Night card. Um, so to give our picks before we run out of time here, I'm going with Cynthia uh, Cal- Calvillo over Andrade. Andrade's two and three in the last five. Uh, you know, she just fought couple fights ago for the belt I think the the luckiness may have ran out for her um, she may be on our way out of the UFC so I'm going with Cynthia here the heavyweight bout between Curse Blades <clears throat> and Rosenstruck I got Curse Blades but only if he can get him on the ground Rosenstruck can't wrestle Blades has nasty elbows I mean he's got power standing but Rosenstruck has knocked out Overream has knocked out uh, Dos Santos strikers that can stay on their feet. He's knocked out. So if Curse Blades could get into the ground, I got Curse Blades winning it. Then with the uh, middleweight division returning, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Lawler is on a four-fight losing streak, but Diaz hasn't fought in six years. Does Diaz have enough in him, or you know, is is he in the decline? Robbie Lawler, he needs to win this one. If he loses this one, he may be done. Because if you're on a four-fight losing streak and you lose to someone that hasn't fought in UFC in six years, there's a problem with you. But I'm going with Robbie Lawler. I think he still has that power in that hand. And I think he's going to knock him out. Co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Let's be honest. It's Shevchenko. Enough said. Then the main event... Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. I'm going with Volk here. Um, he beat Max Holloway the past two fights, even though one's kind of controversial uh, split decision. And Max destroyed Ortega. Um, also, Ortega only has fought older vet guys. You know, he hasn't really fought any of these younger, you know, around his experience uh, realm. Um... But I think Volkanovski is going to win this one. Should it could be fight at night? You know, I think this could be a a, a barn burner. But we'll have to wait and see. So uh, before I go, head over to StayTunedSports.net so that way you could follow all our social media accounts. I may live tweet UFC 266. We'll have to wait and see. Um, also head over to www.BuyMeACoffee.com/stsports. And you can help, you know, show your support that way. Don't forget about the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, over on 3YTV on YouTube. Till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, 
Signing out.